Hello, welcome to the Alone Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Alone. In this episode, don't have regulars because reasons, I guess. As for our guest, she's from Atlanta, Georgia, currently in remote. Interesting. She is working in tax operation as well as being a mystery author. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Laura Elizabeth. Hello, thank you for having me today. You're welcome. So, how's life? Life is really pretty good right now. I'm really uh, very excited about the release of my book and just meeting new people and that allowing me the opportunity to interact with people all around the world. It's been a dream come true. Nice. So have you been up too much recently? I have. I've been <laughs> super busy with this book. So the uh, release of All Is Now Lost was in September, but prior to that, I had a couple of months of uh, traveling with the book as a pre-launch. And so that has um, afforded me the opportunity to travel to new places and be on different stages with other authors and readers and um, just been doing podcasts and virtually popping into uh, book club meetings, a whole host of things that prior to this, I didn't have that experience. So um, yes, it's been super, super busy. All of this is happening while I'm also working on my second book. So um, lots of balls in the air, but I, I've been enjoying it tremendously. Fantastic. So what inspired you to become an author? That is an excellent, excellent question. So I purchased a piece of property on the island, which serves as the setting of my mystery, which is called Defusky Island. It's off the coast of Hilton Head, South Carolina. I purchased that property back in 2007 on kind of what we call a um, YOLO trip. You only live once. We were supposed to be traveling to the Grand Canyon and uh, someone, a neighbor, was supposed to be watching our two dogs that we had at the time. And she called us kind of last minute and said she wasn't going to be able to do that. So we rerouted our vacation plans and just did a Google search on where could we travel that was pet friendly and want, you know, met the description of the type of vacation we wanted to have. And we found the Defusky Island. We hadn't been there before and no one we knew had ever traveled there before. So we just said, YOLO, let's just do it. And we booked this trip and traveled from Richmond, Virginia to South Carolina. And immediately upon getting to Defusky Island, it was as if this, all the pieces of what I had been searching for had kind of clicked into place. And I found myself feeling like I was home. So I fell in love with this island from the very first minute of being there, and we ended up purchasing property there on that trip. And um, we had all these grand plans for what our life on this island was going to be like. None of that actually happened. Uh, shortly after we purchased our piece of property, the resort 
where our property is went bankrupt. And we rode these highs and lows through that bankruptcy and a subsequent bankruptcy for many, many years, which led us to 2020. And I had had maybe four or five years of doing some background work on what led the resort to being bankrupt, what happened. And um, I decided in 2020, while the world was shut down and we were waiting for life to begin again, that I would start a pro bono project of revitalizing the resort. So I worked for free and anonymously behind the scenes trying to connect investors and developers to reimagine this resort, which led me to reconnecting with a colleague I went to college with, and he told me about a book he just published and introduced me to his publisher. And that publisher said, your story of uh, having a passion project and doing something for the right reasons for no reward is a great story, but it's not very marketable. So if you want to tell your story about how much you love this island, write it in a fictional genre. And I decided a mystery would be a great genre for this island because it is very captivating. And that was my journey to <laughs> writing this book and the thrill of a lifetime to get a publishing contract and be able to tell this story to people all around the world of how much this island means to me and all that this island can, um, the magic that this island has. Oh, very good. So, is that the only book you've written, or is there more books you have written so far? This is my first book, and I am working on book two now. And yes, these are the only works that I have. In my past life, I've worked for different corporations, and I've served as the director of marketing, the director of corporate sponsorship, director of operations. So... Um, but nothing in a creative outlet like this. Okay, That's, that makes sense. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Well, my first immediate answer would be this island, which I hope to live full time on, you know, in the next few years. But aside from that, I would like to live on a Greek island any of them. <laughs> so I'll take any. Sweet. Yes. I, I'm an island person and I like the remoteness of, um, of that, you know, an island life. I also enjoy the tranquility of the ocean and the, the feeling of sun and sea and salt on my skin. So um, I'm very much an island person. Fantastic. What kind of music do you often listen to? I listen to all kinds of music. Um, when I'm writing, I tend to listen to classical music. That is mostly piano and violin based. But in my day-to-day -day life, I like to listen to current, you know, popular music. I like to listen to something that has a very strong beat. I also like jazz music that has um, saxophone in it, so, and a strong percussion, so, um, but 
you know, I find myself the the best thing is having like a Spotify account that you can listen to anything at any time and find whatever it, you know mood you're in. You can find something that matches that. So um, now that we don't have to be just you know relegated to twelve tracks on an album, you can the you know find something that suits whatever your fancy is. And I've enjoyed exploring and finding th- new things that interest me. Sweet, sweet. If you were to host a dinner party and you can invite five people who are either dead or alive, who would you invite? Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. Um, so I would definitely invite Agatha Christie because uh, as a mystery author, I would love to hear what her writing process was and um, how she attacked, um, you know, kind of telling stories succinctly and captivate in a captivating way. So um, I would definitely invite my parents because my parents both are um, deceased. My father passed away at a very young, when I was very young. So there's a lot of things that I would like to ask him and I would love to hear my mother's stories again. So I I would definitely invite them. So we're up to three. Um, I think I would like to invite um, Ronald Reagan because as an American, I would love to hear um, some insight into all of the things and the decisions that he made when the world was on the precipice of um, disaster in the 80s. So I would love to hear from him. And I think I would also invite uh, Queen Elizabeth because I think that she as a peacemaker and a diplomat and a distinguished um, leader would be a very interesting mix with all the other guests that were there. Fantastic. What was the longest trip you've ever been on? Um, the longest trip that I've ever been on, um, I guess, well, I've been to this island um, for several weeks at a time, which is uh, always a treat for me because it gives you a chance to really be in one place and relax and absorb, you know, all the things that make this location so special to me. So, but I think a tie for that would be a trip that I took to um, front coast of America, to the west coast, California, and then I traveled to several Hawaiian islands and then came back to the west coast in uh, Southern California and then headed back to my home in the east coast, which was a several week um, venture and allowed us to really kind of dive in, even though it was familiar, but still seeing locations that were different and spend time to really absorb the local cultures there. All right, then. What bad habits would you want to get rid of? (laughs) Um, My inability to cut sweets from my life. I, I say every day, today is going to be the day that I eat better And I do pretty well up until like midday. And then I start trolling around for something sweet. And um, I cannot break my sugar addiction. So um, I would like to be able to give that up for sure. But 
if there's a something chocolatey in my midst, I, I definitely have a weakness for it. Fair enough. Would you consider yourself to be an extrovert or an introvert? I consider myself to be an extrovert, but sometimes likes to be an introvert. So sometimes needs a break from all of the interactions for sure. I'm not 100% either, but leaning more towards an extrovert. I really do enjoy meeting new people and um, I do get a lot of energy from people. So sometimes you just need a break from it. Ah, of course. What could you give a 40-minute presentation on without any preparation? I could definitely give a presentation on traveling to Defusky Island. I would also like to give a presentation uh, without needing any preparation on embracing a passion project that you have, implementing it, and not being swayed by what I call the haters and doubters who are, you know, on the sidelines giving you all the reasons why your idea won't work. I would uh, be able to give that presentation without any, without any preparation, for sure. Sweet. What is something that most people consider to be a luxury what you don't think you could live without? I could live without a uh, big home. I, um, I could definitely live in a smaller home with uh, less of the trappings of, you know, what is considered luxury items. Um, many cases, it turns out to be a lot more work than what people might imagine to have all of these things. And so the end of the day, I, I truly believe that the more things you have, the more you get used to having them. And the joy of having them is sometimes lost on, they just become part of your daily life. And so less, less stuff, less space, less um, things to manage is, I could definitely live without those things. All right then. If you had your own late night talk show, who Ooh. would you invite on as your first guest? Hmm. Uh. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think I would. Could it be a dead or a person who's dead, or does it need to be somebody who's alive? Anyone. Anyone at all. Hmm. I think I would invite Paul McCartney to come onto my show because um, I would love to hear uh, as a musician, again, you know, an artist having somebody who has built his entire life on putting storytelling and um, the ability to reach people with words and sound into a reality, I think that that would be something that would be very fascinating to hear the ins and outs of putting components like that together and also the ability to connect with people where they are in their life. The same message heard by millions and millions of people but might mean different things to different people. I, I think that would be over the span of a lifetime you know, all the different phases of life and all the um, the things that were happening in the world to still have messages that resonate with people. 
I think that would be very interesting to hear. Yes, absolutely. Would you rather never age physically or never age mentally? Oh, definitely never age mentally. I've worked at a senior living community as part of my past, and I've seen people that have really suffered, you know, from different forms of dementia and watching their life be robbed from them um, while physically still very capable is a very sad thing. So I, I would, um, I would prefer never to age mentally. Absolutely. What is your favorite quote? Hmm. My favorite quote is uh, from my grandmother and her quote was always, you could be a victim or you could be a survivor. You decide. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it sets the stage for, um, you know, on kind of, she was a simple lady, but, you know, it was, everyone has hardships in their life. Some people have more than others, for sure. But your approach to your life changes what the outcome could be. So, you know, you can either survive things that happen to you, or you can be, you can have them survive you. And so she was a person who survived a lot of very difficult circumstances and she was a survivor. She wasn't a victim of it. And uh, it's very um, no nonsense, kind of pull up your bootstraps and also reinforces the message that you control your destiny. So certainly things are out of your control, but your mindset is one thing that is in your control. Fabulous. If you could erase one past experience, what would it be? I think um, for me, it would be um, losing my um, parents at young ages. I would have, I would like to have been able to um, erase those things because those tragedies set the course for some difficulties in life and um, really changed some of the, the outcomes. And so, you know, you, I would have liked to have had my parents in my life for longer. Yes. Yeah. In what situation do you wish you could throw down a smoke bomb and just dis disappear? Uh, well, I, I'm thinking the first thing that flashed in my mind when you said that was um, having a public speaking experience very early in my um, professional career years ago. And I was supposed to be the subject matter expert on a corporate topic. And I gave a presentation to a room thousands of people in, uh, dark with the spotlight on and all the big wigs of this company in there. And I had done a lot of presentations before then and was able to deliver, you know, pretty, uh, overall I did pretty well up until that point, which I was a, um, you know, just a disaster. I forgot what I was supposed to be saying. I stumbled over my words. I couldn't even remember the 
basic point of the presentation, even though it was right in front of me on the screen, had a hard time managing the technology. It was a disaster. So for many years after that, when people would ask me to speak publicly, that was the image that um, flashed in front of me. And so um, it was so humiliating. <laughs> so yes, I would like to pretend that that never happened. I'm sure all these years later, I may be one of the only people who still remember it, but it was the worst 45 minutes of my life. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to pretend that never happened. Fair enough. What song is really good, but no one has ever heard of it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe some of the uh, music from um, the Secret Garden soundtrack. I enjoy listening to it, but outside of my family who has been listening to it with me for years, I don't know anybody who also listens to it. I might say that it's something that I listen to when I'm writing and um, used to play when my children were small. So I've um, been listening to it for a very long time, but I would say maybe that. Other than that, I can't think of anything else because I listen to music that a lot of other people have heard too. Okay, I can see that. Would you rather never use social media again or never watch another movie or TV show again? Oh, definitely never use social media again. I love watching movies and shows on TV. I have my whole life. I... Um, watch a lot of different type of TV. If I'm going to watch TV, I'll watch documentaries. I'll watch like silly things. I'll watch historical movies. Um, so I would, I could definitely live without the, the influence of social media if I had my, my own way, but um, I get a lot of enjoyment, especially watching old like black and white movies. So um yeah, I, I wouldn't want to give that up. Fair enough. I wouldn't give that up either. Yeah. What items do you carry with you every day? Uh, definitely my phone. Uh, don't go anywhere without that. And definitely um, have uh, always a pair of sunglasses with me. And I always keep a pen with me as well because I tend to get ideas from, um, you know, for writing in the strangest places. So sometimes in my car or, um, you know, if I'm just kind of sitting around waiting for, you know, a meal at a restaurant, an idea may come to me or I might hear bits and pieces of a conversation or see an interaction between people that I want to sometimes put into a description of a character. So I always keep those things with me, but um, I like to have uh, definitely something that I can keep track of these ideas as they come to me. So. Ah, uh, yes. Do you have any weird superstitions? No, it's funny that uh, I used to work for, um, a facility that did uh, Olympic and world figure skating training. And when I had a lot of professional athletes around, I found that athletes oftentimes are very superstitious. Um, and so uh, that was very interesting to me to, to see like they would 
you know, if they won a, a, an event of, you know, a championship or whatever, they would do exactly the same thing to prepare for the next one, eat the same food, drink the same things, listen to the same music as almost, you know, a repeat. I don't have anything like that. I just, life is so busy and complicated that I, um, you know, just kind of do my daily thing. And I'm, I'm happy that I don't have any superstitions because sometimes people would really struggle if they weren't able to replicate those, you know, exact things. And so it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they may not have performed well because, you know, they weren't able to get the same meal that they had the last time they competed or whatever. So um, I'm happy I don't have that. <laughs> so no, I don't have anything. All right. Okay. Very good. Where was the most overhyped place you've traveled to? Um, I have been to Bermuda several times and love traveling there, but there were several tourist spots there that were on the must do list and really found out that at the end of the day, they're really just tourist traps. So, um, we've learned through our years of different, um, traveling that the best way to get a you know, the ideas and, and places to see are to speak to the people who actually live there versus tourist guides. And so when we travel, we make a point to either stay locally or use um, transportation on in different places that lets you, you know, mix with people who really live there and just strike up conversations, listening to different recommendations and then having the, you know, ability to just say, well, I'll take a chance and try a new restaurant. And that's one of the things that we found when we traveled to Aruba. We got a recommendation for this you know, dinner place that was on the side of a cliff that used um, cooked our food on salt uh, tablets that were heated and almost cooked in front of you like a hibachi. And it was one of the most wild, incredible experiences. But if we had just stuck to the, you know, top 10 restaurants to go to, we definitely would have missed that. So that was a recommendation from someone who we bumped into at a coffee shop in Aruba and it was like great, great advice. So we've learned to, you know, use our own imagination to figure out where the cool places are and be willing to try them. Nice, nice. If you have to choose between skydiving, bungee jumping, or scuba diving, which one would you choose? Oh, none of those things. <laughs> Terrible. All I'm terrified of heights, so uh, I would struggle with skydiving, even though when I see videos of people doing that, I wish that I'd be able to do it. So um, I, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm very afraid of heights and I'm not super fan of being under the water with a scuba diving tank. But I think if I had to pick, it probably would have been that one, it would have been scuba diving because I'd, I'd probably, even though I can't imagine me doing it. I think it would be more likely than anything that had to do with heights. Right. Fair enough. I understand. 
<laughs> Not a fan. Yes, it all makes sense. Yeah. Keep my feet on the ground. <laughs> so. Yes. Let's keep it that way. Yes. If you had to lose one of your senses, which would you choose to lose? Um, maybe the ability to smell. But I'd like to see, and I'd like to hear, and I'd like to taste. Yes, me too. <laughs> and that is all we have for this episode. It's great having you on, Laura, talking about being a mystery author, tax operations, and uh, your journey along the way. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. My book is called All Is Now Lost, and it is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all the places that you would normally look for for a book. So I hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. And until next time, stay tuned for more.